Welcome to the Green Divas Radio Show. Host Green Diva Meg and co-host Green Diva Mizar share resources and ideas as they explore fun and low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. And now, your host, Green Diva Meg. <laughs> All right, we've survived that. Now let's uh, let's have some good, clean fun with uh, with John. With good, clean driving cars, John. Yeah. Oh my God! It's so good to talk to you. I'm not sure I can compete. <laughs> did you hear all of that? Uh huh. Oh, did you really? Oh my God! Well, we were having fun. What can I say? What can I say? You know, you gotta you gotta have fun. Yeah, but we're not looking for you to compete. You're, we're looking to you to educate. Well, actually, I'm looking for you to make us like more normal now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> bring, bring it home. Bring it home, John. Well, Let I just put on my doll and humor challenge cap. No, <laughs> see, that's impossible. John is great, and I'm 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 excited because we used to talk to John more often, and we just have had this, you know, black hole between the technology and our schedules. And I'm excited that we finally got him on the air. All right, John, you're in Detroit as well, correct? No. Yeah. Oh, he was in Detroit. Well, I, thought yeah. you, I thought you said he's in Detroit. I'm like, no, no he's not. I was asking John. He was in Detroit as well. And 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 uh, you, you are the guy who does all of our green car reports. Uh, and you can see that, folks, on greencarreports.com. Um, what is the the single most impressive thing you took away with you after leaving Detroit when you had all of these cars from all of these manufacturers? <sighs> um, <laughs> this may be slightly unexpected but actually at the detroit show and also at the chicago auto show which i briefly uh, attended uh, afterwards um, this may be the year of more clean diesel cars yeah um, i saw volkswagen big, had a passat volkswagen's had the passat for about a year now but for 2014 which means they'll be in dealerships this spring or summer um, there's both a Chevrolet Cruze diesel, which is their compact four-door sedan, and a diesel version, the return of the diesel version of the Jeep Grand Cherokee, really? which is a high-selling and well-known uh, crossover utility vehicle. And you named Volkswagen. They've sold the most diesels in this country every year. On top of that, you also have Mercedes-Benz, uh, who's been, who actually invented the first passenger car diesel in the 1930s, along with recent entries from Audi and uh, BMW. But the last three are expensive German luxury sports makes. Obviously, Volkswagen's a little more mass market, but being joined by Chevrolet and Jeep has the potential really to bring up the number of clean diesels that are sold in this country. Now, let me ask you, because we we've talked about this with... Um, EVs with electrical vehicles, the compliance issue, do they have the same problem or the same thing going on? Are there compliance cars that clean diesel cars? No, these are actually volume cars. And you may know about half the new cars sold in Europe have uh, diesel engines fitted to them. Although Europe's emission standards are not yet as stringent as ours. But all of the diesel cars that are sold new in this country have to meet essentially the world's toughest cleanliness standards for diesels. Not only things like uh, carbon monoxide and hydrocarbons and nitrous oxides, but also the particulate matter uh, that 
better known as soot. Um, that older diesel sometimes spewed out if they weren't properly tuned. All of that is very heavily regulated now. So um, aside from a little bit of a different engine note, you are not likely to be able to tell that a diesel car is actually a diesel if you don't read the badges, uh, if it's just sitting there and idling. So it's not going to make that diesel noise that you used to hear all the time. It, on acceleration, it may sound a little different. They do clatter a little bit, mm. but um, they're much better isolated uh, and sort of insulated than they were in the old days. Did I ever and tell you what my first car was? No, what was it? A Dasher diesel station wagon. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> what, what was my so dad? You would think? be a big fan of the Passat diesel, which is really the follow-on to that car, although they don't have a wagon. Wow. Well, my, my current car, or my last car, because I don't have a car right now, is was a Passat, and I really liked it. Um, but no, but the Dasher diesel station wagon, that thing, my dad bought it, I think, because he figured I would never go over 70 miles an hour, really. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it did have air conditioning, and it was like downshifting to turn on the air conditioner. It was like, and the car, whole car would slow down. <laughs> and sometimes, if you're going uphill, you had to like rock back and forth to get the car to go uphill. That's it was right. Really yeah, I remember those old say, VW Mag. diesels had maybe 70 horsepower or something. Yeah, yeah. But you know what, though, uh, John, is, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm under the impression that once upon a time you used to be able to save on buying diesel, but that diesel costs have come right back up there with regular gasoline costs, or, or am I wrong? That, no, that is right. It depends quite a lot on the state, actually. Different states sometimes tax diesel and gasoline different. One of, differently. One of the things in Europe is that many, not all, but many European countries heavily tax advantage diesel, and it's simply a lot cheaper as well as the cars being more fuel efficient. But the math on diesels is tough um, in the following way. The cars are more expensive because the engines are more expensive to build, Okay. Um, if in some states the fuel is more expensive, then what you have to do is calculations on, okay, how many miles do I drive? How much less fuel will I use because they're significantly more fuel efficient um, versus paying more per gallon of fuel and paying more for the car up front? Um, as I sometimes say, to quote Barbie famously, <laughs> Math is hard. <laughs> and so, um, unlike oh Europe, where it's clearly a payback, in the States, you have to do some, some sums. Added to that complication, the EPA ratings on your window stickers are pretty accurate for most gasoline vehicles. Uh, we'll get to your test car in a minute. Yeah, but yeah. Um, for diesels, in many cases, on the highway especially, they're much more efficient than their ratings. And really? Volkswagen, Jetta, TDI diesel drivers know this. You know, they're rated somewhere, I think, in the in the high 30s on the highway. But if you hammer out hundreds of miles at, say, 65, 70, 75 miles an hour, on the highway in your Jetta diesel, you may get, get over 40 miles a gallon. All right. And so I always say, when you're looking to buy a green car, I need to know what you do with the car. If you drive like a New York City cabbie, lots of start-stop, you know, accelerate, and then let it up, brake, a hybrid's going to be much better because yep. your engine will be switched off a lot of the time, and you can do some of that on electricity. Well, and you'll be charging every time you're braking, right? Right. 
you can recapture the energy. I'm exactly. learning. I'm learning. Well, you know, talking about the, talking about the math, John. I just saw Megan counting on her fingers. I don't know what that was all about, but well, that was uh, after you almost snarfed on your water with the Barbie. I was. know. Well, because you know, I, the reason I say that, Ed, and this is total uh, Ed. I'm sorry, John. A totally off subject is as I majored in journalism for an excellent reason because math is hard. Oh my God, that is <laughs> you. You did. You totally topped us. I almost us. lost well, it. Do you remember one of my favorite pieces of performance art ever? when a bunch of feminists managed to switch the voice boxes between G.I. Joes and Barbies and get them in their original boxes <laughs> in the FAO Schwartz in New York City. <laughs> it was Christmas holiday season. That is I think performance they had something art. like a hundred of each. That is and they had switched art. them. So all of these happy, excited children tore out, tore off their paper on Christmas morning and the G.I. Joes said Math is hard. Yeah. And all the Barbies said, yeah, guns, kill. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Really, really. Very famous. Uh, well, okay. Sorry, side note. No, that's okay. No, it's okay. We love now, those side notes. Now, I have a really dumb question, if there are any, and that is when, when they say clean diesel, when you say clean diesel, my mind sometimes go, biodiesel. Is, is there any crossover there to biodiesel? What does clean diesel really mean? Yeah, it's a good question. Clean diesel essentially means lack of soot and particulate matter. And to get the latest exhaust after treatment systems to work, about three years ago, the U.S. put on much more stringent specifications for what can be sold as diesel fuel. It has very little sulfur in it now. Um, Now, unfortunately, in the U.S., diesel fuel is still more variable than in Europe. They have very tight specs there. Um, But you no longer have the sulfur that will poison some of the newer catalytic converters that they have to use on these diesels. So that's essentially what clean diesel means. But diesel is still a fossil fuel, though. Diesel is still a fossil fuel, right. What about... Clean diesel... Pardon? Do any of these cars, are, are, do any of them use biodiesel, or can they be converted easily? It's a very good question, and it's one that there's a lot of debate in the green car world over. Most car makers limited to a 5% blend of biodiesel. Some of the clean diesel trucks can go up to uh, 20% biodiesel, which is good. But one of the technical issues is that these cars have incredibly finely machined and very high-pressure fuel delivery systems. We're talking 30,000 PSI, okay? And... Um, Math the is hard. which is to say thicknesses of biodiesel fuel of some kinds versus what comes out of the dead dinosaurs and oil refineries. Right, gotcha. Um, actually, the bio, a pure biodiesel will not work in these latest set of cars because the injectors simply aren't designed for the And they're not clean the enough. They're obviously not cleaned up enough for that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So if you want to run, you know, if you're one of those people who wants to run fryer grease or, you know, five-gallon cans of peanut oil from Costco, <laughs> right. you need to get one of the 80s diesels and do the yeah. conversion. Okay. Hey, by the way, my brother uh, uh, instant messaged me. He drives a diesel Volkswagen. I don't know if it's a Jetta or a Passat. He'll probably tell me in a minute. And he gets 42-plus on the highway. Yep. And about 60, and then he goes, like he said, he, he does better about 65 than higher. I don't know what the heck that means, but 42 plus is not bad. Exactly. And that's the thing. If You know, like I said, if you drive like a New York City cabbie 
probably a hybrid's better. But if you drive like a traveling salesman, if you're hammering out hundreds of miles every single week, especially on freeways, a diesel is going to be your better bet in terms of saving fuel. So let's talk about me because I'm self-centered and I want to talk about me. <laughs> I, and we're surprised because? Yeah, because I'm a green diva. No, I, I have to make a decision about getting a car pretty soon because I don't know how many car companies will just keep sending me week-long drives, right? Um, and I still have, thank you, Ford, for being gracious about our little storm so they extended my week long. Um, I still have the Ford C-Max Energy. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, and I have to say this honestly, and, and I hope Ford isn't offended, but I, I never expected to fall in love with a Ford. You know what I mean? Let's, it's Valentine's Day. We're talking love. That's a love. good thing. Why and, would Ford be offended by well, that? I was really surprised, and, and, I, and I actually... Um, you know, I had I seriously looked at the Prius hybrid plug-in, mm-hmm. and um, I really like the C-Max better. Sorry, Toyota. See, now they're offended. <laughs> you know, that's what that, although I will say, John, we were picked up at the uh, airport in Detroit in a Ford Fusion, and Megan gets in the front seat, and she goes, oh, this dashboard's just awful, and she's going <laughs> on and on, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I wanted to bury well, my head in the was, sand uh, right there. It was there. ugly, yeah. Yeah, it was ugly, yeah, but, but this C-Max has a nice one. So yeah. let's talk more about the C-Max. Um, Ford would actually be very happy at what you just said because there is a whole cohort of people, especially on the coasts and especially in the sort of, you know, 30 to 60 age range, who essentially don't even think about buying American cars. They're just, they're not in what they call the consideration set because their parents had a Ford or a Chevy or a Dodge or something and it was lousy and it was badly built in the 1980s and that was it. Yep. And they switch to Toyotas or Hondas or whatever, and never look back. Those folks are the one are really hard to get back. So someone like you saying something like that is actually really valuable. Well and That's- by the way, I have I have never owned the only Ford I ever owned was when my husband my first husband and I had a construction company, it was an F one fifty, but I've never owned a Ford car. Never. Yep. So the fact an American that you car, actually. like a Ford car. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, the challenge with the C-Max, and you have the higher end of the two basic C-Maxes. There's a C-Max hybrid, which is a regular hybrid like a regular Prius, and then there's the plug-in C-Max, which Ford calls Energy, E-N-E-R-G-I. Right. Um, there's also a Fusion hybrid and a Fusion Energy as well. The plug-in, as you mentioned, has, depending on weather and what speed you're driving at, between 12 and 20 miles of electric range. Uh, like the Prius, it will still turn on its engine under certain circumstances, even if you have battery range left. But this is not a Volt with 35 or 40 miles of electric right. range, I did let alone that. a Leaf with 70 miles or a Tesla with you know 200 plus. Um, it is fundamentally a hybrid car with a larger battery pack that gives you some limited electric range. But if you're running around town, you can run mostly electrically if you plug it in. Well, that's right, except it only gave me, it's supposed to give me a 20-mile charge, and I'm only, the top charge I've been able to get, and I charge it for like 12 hours, was 12 miles. Mm-hmm. That's something well, wrong with that, isn't it? Yeah, there? there must be something wrong with the outlet, or something's not completely right. Well, did it show a fully charged battery pack yeah, on did. the display? It yeah, it did. So, okay, so there's a couple things here. Um, as Tesla... <laughs> There's been a very sort of public debate between Tesla and the New York Times this week over a review of their car uh, in a very cold winter test drive. Um, Battery packs lose a significant portion of their capacity 
you know, it can be 30% in cold weather. Will it come back? Or in February, you've had the car through January and February, you know, you get less range in the winter because it's cold. When it comes back up to 70, you'll probably come much back closer oh. to 20 miles. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's that's encouraging. And hybrid drivers actually know that as well. My parents escape hybrid. The gas mileage falls for the same reason by a couple of miles per gallon in the winter compared to in the summer. Well, because, oh, sorry, Ed's got something. Yeah, this is Eco Ed Schwartz, John. So uh, say hello. And he had a question about this battery pack. Hi, John. Okay. Is it correct? Like when the uh, car is out in the cold, it drains the, it basically drains the battery, so you lose a percentage of the power. So the capacity comes back in the warm weather, but when you drain the power, as the car warms back up, you don't regain that drained power. Is that correct? I only heard about half of that, but I think the question was, is the battery draining when the car is sitting outside not plugged in? Right. Maybe. He, well, uh, in, in the cold weather. Um, in the cold weather. Um, I haven't seen any data on what happens if you leave it for, say, several weeks, you know, if you left it at an airport for six weeks. The car will always start because it starts on a 12-volt battery. And I learned that, in fact, because I, uh, when I was testing a C-Max, um, I ended up in a snowbank. I left the flashers on overnight so it didn't get clobbered and right. drained the battery. Um, there is a, definitely a 12-volt battery in there. So the car will always start, but you will definitely lose range out of your high-voltage battery okay. if you leave it to cold soak. Well, it's it's a huge educational curve in so many ways that I can't even get into now, just in, in terms of how I'm driving. I braked more and drove slower just to try to get my battery charged more than I normally do, which is like I was driving like an old lady, and I was having fun. Um <laughs> John, we got to go. We've run out of time, and, and so I just so appreciate your calling in and spending time talking to me about the car and, uh, that I want to. And I didn't get, get a chance to talk about my Fiat 500. Oh, I know. She was. Uh, yeah. Oh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? The 500E. But I want the E. e. I want somebody to bring it to me from California. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The 500E is what we call a compliance car. I know. They're going to only sell as many as they need to meet the rules in California, not a single one more. So we're going to have to work on them with that. Maybe John can put in a good word for Would us. Would you do that, John? I'm going to go twist some arms this <laughs> afternoon. I'm not kidding. I'm like, hey, Sergio, what are you thinking over there? Now, listen, <laughs> I think that Barbie line probably did top our previous segment, John, so you did very, very good today. <laughs> Thanks very much. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Take Happy care. Valentine's Day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. He's so much fun. Listen, we really just um, have a minute. I'm going to say that next week we have a great show with Janelle Kapoor from the Urban Farm School. Mm. And I'm kind of excited to talk and learn yeah, about that. Yeah, 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 I agree. This and is she, really cool. She also wants to talk about some chick farmers. You know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of chick farmers? new chick you mean, farmers. Okay, never mind. You, you I'm two, not going to touch it. You Go two ahead. talk amongst yourselves for a minute. We'll we will. The rest of this out. But you know what? Uh, uh, so, Ed, thank you so much. Uh, again, folks, I want to remind you that solar is very, as, as it sounds simple, but it is very complicated. Uh, because you, Why? Because math is hard. Darn it. That was so, funny. Well, yeah, but when it comes to solar, this is exactly the same thing. So askecoed.com, that's one of your websites. And the other one is Green Living Solutions. GreenLivingSolutionsNJ.com. GreenLivingSolutionsNJ.com. This is the go-to guy. This is the guy I go to um, if I have to replace a window, 
if I have to think about solar. I mean, this you do soup to nuts. As a matter of fact, I never He's forgot. He's a handy guy. He is a handy guy. Remember uh, during the holidays, he uh, powered all of his uh, light display with solar LED holiday lights. <laughs> I, I've never forgot. Oh, to, yeah, we were talking about that. I know. So now I have to go out and uh, and look for them. But you know what? While we have two minutes, I need to buy... We Flood don't have lights. two minutes. We have 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Oh, never mind. I'll just have to go to the box store and do my best or ask them off air. All right. Ed, as always, thank you. But we'll have you back. Oh, always love coming here. You yeah, come into the, the studio. Come to the studio because it's more fun. It really is a lot of fun. Thank you so much, everybody. Happy have a, Valentine's happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Have a great green week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Green Divas Radio Show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, follow them on Facebook and Twitter, and don't forget to visit the blog at thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. And remember to share the good green news with friends and family.